Hi, I'm Brandon. And I'm Megan. For years, we were stuck in a rut, always complaining that nothing ever changed for us. And then we realized, if we wanted to improve our lives, we had to put in the work. Each week on this podcast, we'll get into an aspect of personal growth, relationships, or just life. Through our own experiences and guest interviews, we hope to inspire you to make your own positive changes. Welcome Welcome to to the the Fools in Love Podcast. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode. We're so happy you're here. If you haven't subscribed yet, make sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And today, well, it's going to be one of those episodes that literally has been, and I kid you not, has been a post-it note on my desk for about six months. And what that means is it's just an episode that I just didn't want to record, that I'm just avoiding like the plague. And those types of episodes, when they come up, I know that it's something that I need to share because I know it can help some of y'all out there. So I hope this episode helps you. (laughs) I think I've seen that post-it note on your desk for the past six months for sure. And I wasn't in any hurry to help you help you move this one along because I don't want to talk about it either. But because we both don't, because it's uncomfortable, let's settle into this discomfort and go ahead and talk about disengagement. Yeah. So, I mean, the honestly, we, we've talked about it a lot, but I think disengagement really is like the silent killer of your relationship. It's something that's not so obvious. It's something that's not like up in your face, like like a lot of the other issues that you see in the world, but it's something that is definitely readily there. It's kind of like the subtle art of not giving a shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And so... Brene Brown actually talks about disengagement and that's honestly where I got the word disengagement. I didn't just come up with the word. So if you're first time hearing it, we can kind of delve into what that means. But in her book, Daring Greatly, well, first Brene Brown's a champion of vulnerability, shame, all the feelings. And, and, you know, she explains disengagement in this way in her book, Daring Greatly. There's a particular sort of betrayal that is more insidious and equally corrosive to trust. In fact, this betrayal usually happens long before the other ones. I'm talking about the betrayal of disengagement, of not caring, of letting the connection go, of not being willing to devote the time and effort to the relationship. I don't know. I think mine was a little more eloquent than that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, if, if y'all are new to us, and if you're not, I mean, our relationship back in 2012 was near the brink of divorce. I mean, Megan even said, yeah, I want a divorce. And a lot of this idea of disengagement, we talk from a like personal place, which is why like we don't want to talk about it because it's something, it's a real wound. It's like a real scar that like is is reopened. And I just remember back to the times where all this was happening and And I was like the person who was kind of like unaware. Like, I mean, it wasn't like I was unaware that there was like anything really going on, but there wasn't anything like obvious and booming and slapping me in the face like, hey, this is like a big problem in your relationship. And this is why I think it's so important to talk about because it's not like, you know, some lying or affair or something crazy. Like it starts with all those things start with this idea of disengagement where you're just, you just don't care. You seemingly don't care. And the other person, me in this case, can try to 
get it out of you, can try to have you explain like what it particularly is. But I think a lot of times, and we'll get into this, like you don't even know as the person if you're experiencing these feelings, like what it particularly is. It's so hard to be in this situation because I just remember for me just feeling kind of alone, lost, just really confused, you know, empty, heartbroken. And if we can be real, I I remember during these times, like you almost like, and I didn't understand at the time, but like you pushing me into conflict or like pushing me into arguments or like poking at me to try to get me. And and I don't know if that was like a justification or what that is like, but you were like trying to get me to be combative for some reason. And maybe you could speak to that, but I, I know I just remember feeling like what the heck is going on? Yeah, I think that, you know, looking back, I wouldn't have known this at the time, but I think that looking back, I was trying to see if you were where I was, were you, if I fought with you and you were like going to fight me, then obviously you still cared. And if you were, if I was going to try to fight you and you were like, yeah, whatever, then I was, you know, basically like, okay, cool. We both feel the same. We're, we're both, we're both done in this. So like a test. Yeah. Like a test. Yeah, and see, we talk about that a lot about like being a mind reader and like wanting to do that. And maybe that's what you were doing in that case, which is why we know it, it definitely doesn't work because like I wasn't hip to the times. I, I didn't I didn't get it at all. And so, and I, and I do want to say again, like it's not like I didn't know that, like I didn't, I wasn't sitting there whistling thinking everything was perfect. Right. But I didn't know that it was certainly to the point that it was and beyond where I could have imagined where it was during those times. And, and I mean, it really, just to be completely transparent with y'all and with you, I mean, it just, it left me feeling really betrayed because I, I felt like you just gave up. Yeah. And that's the crazy thing about it. It's not like this glaring flashing light kind of thing. Like for me, I don't remember there being like this, like one moment it was kind of like I just started like gradually pulling away and like more and more pulling away like you know like thinking in my head like oh he doesn't do this right and he doesn't do that right and now it becomes like a bigger thing and then all of a sudden I'm not interested because all I can see are the issues and the problems and I don't see a way out and I don't see a solution again I mean you just like from my perspective and we'll get into your perspective here. I don't want to say it's like my whole thing here, but like from my perspective, it's like you just stop showing up. You stop caring. You you shut yourself down and you really stopped open up to me. And if we're being honest, I mean, you were just checked out. Mm, yeah, for sure. I was checked out. I don't even remember like really even caring like about our anniversary that year or anything. I was just kind of like, yep, it's, it's here. And so I think that's one of the really most dangerous things is when one or both of you wants to give up because that's where the struggle is. Like if you're both, if you both realize that something's going on and you're both ready to fight and fix it, then that's great. Like, yeah, you might have a hard time fixing it, but at least you're both aware and ready and, and want that. For me, I didn't want that. And so it took a lot of convincing and ultimately probably just divine intervention before I was ready to even let you back in a little bit. And we had to build that back up. Like it wasn't like I was disengaged and I was like, yeah, I don't, I'm not interested in this. And all of a sudden I was like fully in, it was like, you had to convince me like one date, one day at a time. Yeah. I think the, like, just thinking back, I mean, the worst part about it, I mean, 
the worst part is just like the not knowing, like not knowing like what I did, like not knowing like how I contributed to it. Like you said, I mean, there was like a bit of resentment there, but like, I didn't get the chance to know that because you didn't communicate that. I didn't get the chance to understand any of that because you didn't share it. And how would I, how would I know? I think that's the difficult part with this too, because you get into that kind of idea of resentment or not like liking what your partner's doing or just thinking, Hey, your partner's doing this thing and you already know how they're going to respond. So because you already know how you're going to, they're going to respond. What's the point of having the same argument of having the same thing? And it's such a dangerous thing because then you're, you're sitting there thinking that your partner knows what you know, like that they're in your head and they're not. Cause like for me, I, I, I didn't know. It reminds me of like the, uh, as I was thinking about this episode, it reminds me of like the Seinfeld episode. Uh, George Costanza says, it's not you, it's me. Like every time he breaks up with someone, it's not you. Like you're not the problem, it's me. Because I remember like you doing that. Like, no, you're you're great. You're great. You know, it, everything you're doing is great. You know, you're just, you're, you're, you're a really good person and everything else, but yet I don't want to be with you. And it's like, hmm, there's, there's, there's some holes in this argument. So it just takes me back to that. Yeah, I mean, the the struggle was that I wasn't ready to tell you like anything about what I was feeling and thinking. So rather than actually being smart and saying, hey, here's what I'm feeling, I just decided to go the opposite route of, hey, everything with you is amazing and I think you're the perfect person, but just not for me. Right, yeah, and, I, and again, it's I think it's just harder and it was harder for me to process that pain and it's taken years to like process through that. But like the the hardest part is it wasn't like a certain act or like a big thing. It just, it just over time. And I love how like Brene Brown says that because it's like, it's corrosive and it's corrosive on trust. And it like, it's like a little voice that grows into a much more booming thing over time. And the, the, the fear that we have for y'all and why we want to talk about it is we don't want you to get to a place where that's happening and you don't speak up and it's so far gone that there's nothing left to save. Yeah, and I think it's really difficult, especially in today's day and age where, you know, we have all this we have all this social media, we have all these distractions, we have a thousand things we can bury ourselves in. We can we can do all the right things and it seems really good like, oh yes, I'm just very busy at work and yes, I'm just taking care of the kids and, you know, all these really good excuses for like why we might not be connecting as a couple and really in reality, you're almost like sneakily trying to disengage with your partner like there's just so many ways i mean you name it like xbox it it doesn't even it doesn't even matter what the thing is because it's just so easy to do right now and i think especially like as we're all kind of struggling with this new level of mental strife i guess of not knowing exactly where life is taking us and being confused about the covid thing and all the other things that have happened in 2020 specifically I think that it can be a very, very dangerous place to be because all those things just kind of make a little bit of a kink in the hose or make a little bit of a notch out of the whatever, notch of the rock, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Take a little tiny bit out and you barely notice it because it's so tiny and just over time, all of a sudden, you've got this big, huge gaping hole. Right, and and I'm glad you touched on that too because with technology, with you name it, there's so many ways that this is like continuing to happen. And I think a lot about like 
just watching like popular culture, like TV or movies or whatever, you see this happen in relationships. Like someone calls and just like leaves a voicemail breaking up with someone, or they send like a text message to break up with someone, or they just like flat out ghost someone and you never hear from them again. And you don't know why the scars that that leaves are insane. But because of the world we live in, in this fast paced technology, like we're so used to using technology for everything. It just seems like such a convenient way to disengage from someone, to push them away, to just be like, oh, you know what? Nope. We're not going to do that. Like we're, you know, I'm not going to, I don't want to, you know, hurt your feelings more by saying the wrong thing. So I'm just going to not call you, or I'm just going to send a text to end this or a Facebook message or a DM or gosh, who knows how people are doing it. But like, that's that's the issue too cuz like you were saying i mean it makes it it's just so convenient isn't it to just to just kind of put yourself away bury yourself in something what no matter what it is and then find yourself in this place right because you know there's a lot of things that are obviously bad like if you're trying to escape your relationship through alcohol like everyone's like oh yeah that's not a good thing but escaping your relationship cuz you're so busy being a mother that that sounds okay like there's just certain things that sound pretty decent and pretty noble, if you will. And all of those things, when they're stripped away, are still disengagement. They're still just choosing to not connect with your partner on a daily basis. And then that becomes a huge problem. Yeah, and I think you touched on it briefly. What what happened like for us, I know, because we've had so many conversations about it, but it's like that idea of like resentment or like me not really like pulling my weight. And at least in your eyes, not pulling my weight or, you know, just like you said, like me trying to have a conversation or trying to do things with you, but you kind of pushing me into things or just seeing me in a certain light because it was like, once you got that implanted in your brain, it was like really difficult to like push that out. And I know like we've talked a a little bit earlier about like how I was feeling, but I would love for you to just talk about why you got to the place. I think it'd be really helpful for people. Like why you feel like you got to that place of being disengaged and like what made you kind of what I know it was small, but like what led to that place? I think first off, like I think it was like this almost nagging feeling of feeling like I had a man child, not a husband. Like it seems like so silly now because obviously I could have just been like, Hey, could you pull some weight? But Instead, I just felt like, you know, I was working full time too, just like you, but all of a sudden I was fully responsible for everything. And, you know, like I had to make sure that the bills were paid, even though you paid them, like it felt like my mental load and like my mental load and actual load for like the housework and the laundry and all the things. And I think that after that, it just became like this, like almost like personal growth type thing for me, like where... I just couldn't see, like, I wanted to change. I felt like a stirring within me that, like, I wanted to be bigger than I was. I wanted to explore more things. I wanted to go further than I had ever gone before. And I just felt like you weren't capable. And I don't know why I felt like you weren't capable. Like, it was just, like, this thing that told me that you just couldn't be, like, anything other than what you currently were, which I know is ridiculous because if I'm saying I'm going to change, then how could I not allow you to change? But that's kind of, like, where my head went, that, like, I wanted just like a bigger, better thing of, I didn't even know at the time. I didn't know that fools would ever be a thing. I didn't know that podcasting and blogging would be a thing, but I just knew that something was going to change in my life. And I didn't know if you could hang. Right. I think that it's, I mean, it's the idea of the fixed mindset, right? Like you thought I was just born the way I was. Like you thought I was incapable of changing. I remember having a conversation with you, like when, 
we finally got to the point of like the brink of almost the end, you were like, you know, you just like, you can't change. Like you, I literally remember you saying that. I don't think you probably remember, but I remember you saying like, you know, I was like, I can change. Like I can change what I do. I can change and show up better. And you're like, but you can't, you can't change. And it just shows like how far gone it was because it was like, what again, like you said, so you can change, right, right. you're fully capable, <laughs> but I, I can't because right. I'm just, I'm, you know, like it just shows basically how much of that creeped in and the, the, it kind of shines a light on how you looked at me because you looked at me as a child. You had to have, because otherwise, how would you have thought, well, he's, he's like immature. He's what I, fill in the blank of the adjective you would use. But like he can't change, but I'm so like much right. further along. Right. It's like an I'm ego thing, right? Right, yeah. I'm enlightened and I'm av- and I'm available and ready to change, and you just never will. But I mean, like clearly, eight nine years removed from that, I understand how ridiculous of a sentiment that was. But that's just how I think I felt. I'm gonna get real deep on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh crap! Why do you think it was easier to just? say you want to end things than to just have a conversation. I think because by that point, like I just felt like there was so much to deal with and the workload of that seemed almost impossible for me. And for whatever reason, like saying I want a divorce felt like the easier option. And I get that it's not an easy option, but when you're sort of delusional, like I was, it just felt like there was less to deal with. Like if I just got out, then I wouldn't have to actually address any of the problems with me or with you. If I said I'm done, then I didn't have to look in the mirror and I didn't have to have you look in yours and we could just move on and part ways and all would be okay. I mean, obviously that was never going to be true, but that's how I came to that conclusion. About Man, I mean, that's just like what you said. Just, I, I it's got to strike a chord with everyone, right? I think we're all guilty of that, whether it's in a relationship or not, like the grass is always greener. Mm-hmm. We live in a society that we're always looking at other people and like comparing and feeling like we're not going to get there. So we might as well, you know, cut our losses and move on. And I want it easy. And I think that's right. You want it easy. But the, the reality was, say it did work. Say you did, you know, leave. Say we were no more. What do you think would happen in your next relationship? The same exact thing. Right, because you didn't change. And again, even though you thought you could change, I'm really like, I've never thought about it this way, but it, you were living in that idea of the fixed mindset. Like you thought, because otherwise, like you weren't thinking clearly about like the fact that you would change. Cause like how much harder would it have been for you to change to get to the place? Like it would have been almost impossible for you to change like once you left to like get to the place where you wanted to be, that those things would have kept creeping in. Right. Absolutely, they would have. So. Now that we had that conversation, let's talk a little bit about what we can do then in this case, because as I thought about it, as I thought about this episode, I thought about there's a lot of like warning signs. There's a lot of things you can look for because you might think, well, it's not so bad because that's the thing. That is the, oh, that is the thing. Well, it's not so bad. You know, we have a good relationship. You know, oh, we fight. You know, we struggle. We have issues with money. We have issues with our kids. We have, you know, oh, we have this or that. But it's not that big a deal. And we're really good at like brushing those things off. But we want to give you some things today to take with you. Some things to be on the lookout for. 
And I would argue that if any one of these things is there for you, you need to seriously assess your relationship. Our challenge to you would be to start assessing your relationship, to start having a conversation. Because if any one of these is there, that means this disengagement thing could already be rearing its ugly head even more than you realize. Yeah. And another thing I just want to say before we kind of talk about those things is just that it still is a struggle, even in our extremely healthy relationship today. Like I'm still tempted to like spend my evenings on my phone and just be like checked out. And it's not even, it's not even like a, I'm mad at Brandon or I don't want to hang out with him. It's like, it's just this exhaustion idea so just be very careful of when you're tired and overwhelmed that you don't let that become a thing too. So here's some of the warning signs you should be looking for in your relationship. So one, and this, I mean, this, I feel like rang true for us, especially initially is your arguments just don't ever resolve. So you feel like you're having, like we mentioned before, like you're having that same conversation, you're doing that same thing, but then a year down the road, two years down the road, whatever amount of time down the road, you're still having that same conversation. You're still having that same argument. Or you never fixed it and you no longer have that conversation at all. Like you just got rid of it. Like it vanished into thin air. You didn't fix it, but you don't talk about it. Right. And then you're feeling that resentment, like you said. Like it's it's like, well, I'm not going to ever mention it, but I'm just going to sit over here hating you for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and so that's a real dangerous thing. The other that I remember doing, especially once this like started to be, come more of a reality in my life as far as like your unhappiness and how you were feeling. I was just walking on eggshells. I was like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to anger the beast. Uh, sorry to call you a beast, but I was like, I don't want to anger her. I don't want to make it worse because somehow by me bringing it up, like it might just bring it, make it worse. It might, you know, push you further away. It might like just speak into existence even more things that I don't want to hear because it was really easy to avoid that. But if you find yourself like walking on eggshells with your partner on any topic, you might need to start questioning that because that's not healthy. You should not be walking on eggshells with your partner. And on the flip side of that, if you notice that your partner is walking on eggshells around you, then think like, man, what am I doing? Like what part am I having in this? Because you must have a part like, if I'm thinking back and remembering this time, I can remember Brandon being like very, very dedicated to being the perfect spouse. Like he wanted to buy the flowers and cook the meals and clean the whole house and like anything that he could tangibly do, he did. And he didn't bring up any sort of conflict or any, like he really did walk on eggshells to be the perfect man. And he was. So if you notice that somebody's doing that for you, then that should be a trigger for you to be like, am I like, am I aware of this? Number one, if I am aware of it, why am I doing it? If I'm not aware of it, then I need to have this conversation so that we can together figure out what is going on. Right. And if you're pouring yourself into that, like you mentioned the mom busyness, like if if you're finding reasons to do more laundry or run to the store more or staying busy, because we're all so good at being busy, you might need to take a look at why that is. What is at the core of you feeling like you need to do that? And it might not even be in your relationship. That might just be for you. But you need to kind of look at the core of what that means and why you feel like you need to do that in place of any of these other things that we've mentioned. Right. If you're avoiding spending time together, that's a big problem. Right. And I remember, I mean, just talk, just to talk about a specific example of disengagement. During this time, first of all, me and Megan were already working together during this time. So we were constantly together, much like we are now. But 
during that time, you found a really healthy way to be disengaged. You started working out and you started working out like a crazy person and you were at the gym every night. And talk about you know, a wolf in sheep's clothing. Like that sounds like a great thing to right. anyone in the outside world. Oh, cool. Megan, Megan's getting serious about her fitness. She's out working out. But anything can become like an addictive or an avoiding habit. So right. like that was yours. And it I just was. I literally was. Like I would go to the gym, what, five days a week probably, maybe six. I mean, every class I could take, I, I wanted to take it. And, you know, it's not like I was going for a 20-minute run. Oh, no, I was going for the hour-long class, which, of course, you got to get there 15 minutes early. And, well, not really 15 minutes, but a few minutes early. And you got to drive there. And then after you're done, you got to, you know, kind of clean up your equipment and put everything back and stroll on out of there after you visit. And then it's a really good way to kill an hour and a half two hours of time by the time you're driving there and back. Right. Then you got to sit in your car for a little bit afterwards and click on your phone and take a little <laughs> time. And it's just funny, like looking back, because I'm like, yeah, I mean, I remember like all of a sudden you were at the gym longer and it just shows how clueless I was because I didn't think anything of it. I thought you were getting serious about your fitness. And I was, I mean, I, my body was amazing. <laughs> yeah. The, the other thing with that too, and I think you, you felt this for sure during that time is if you find yourself not really being able to lean on your partner for like emotional support, because like we were each other's person even back then. And so like, if you feel like you can't have the conversation with your partner, cause they like, can't be there for you emotionally. Like you said, you thought I was a man child. Like you clearly didn't believe that I could have that conversation, but having the conversation and having that emotional connection is the number one intimacy factor in your relationship. And intimacy is like a core of your relationship. It goes well beyond sex. It's really that emotional connection that you share together. Yeah. And I think it's really both partners too. Like, I think that not only did I not believe that you were available emotionally, I think that you kind of understood on some level that I wasn't going to be there for you right then. So you didn't even try to talk to me either. Like we just weren't, we just became like silent roommates not really like leaning on each other for any sort of support at all right right and we touched on this briefly too but it's just like like you said feeling like you already know what your partner's going to do before they even react like knowing what they're going to say before they even say it so why even talk about it and coupled right with that like your conversations are exciting and fun like they used to be like when you first started dating and I get we're all living in the real world. Like all of our conversations aren't, you know, some amazing romance novel, but I mean, you know, the difference between a fun conversation that you're having, you know, once a day to like, not at all. And your conversations might be really boring and mundane. It might just be like, Hey, what do you want to watch on Netflix tonight? You know, I, I don't know what it is particularly for you. But if you find yourself with nothing new to talk about, it makes it really easy to open the door for a lot of these feelings that we're talking about. And if you lose the laughter and you lose the smiles, like that's that I would say is a definite indicator of boring and no longer exciting. If there's just nothing that brings you joy, like that's probably going to be needing to be addressed. And you know, this just came to me, but like a specific example for us that I remember, and it was under the guise of like being responsible adults and, you know, being, making the right decision. 
is during that time, like our life became very boring because we were like, well, we don't have the money to go do anything. We don't have the money to like go out to dinner or go to a date. And there were like, I mean, I'm telling you all, there were long stretches of time where we just did not do that. We just felt like we couldn't. We were living in limited money mindset, limiting beliefs. And we were like, we forced ourselves in this boring place because we had nothing to look forward to. We had nothing that we were like doing together and was under the guise of the fact that, well, we can't afford it. What's looking back now, it was actually like a, a guise for disengaging from each other because why would we have done that? Looking back, I'm like, that's insane. And now we have two kids, y'all. So let me tell you, we ain't spending money going on a date. We're having date nights at home. Like there's no way to to do that. But that doesn't mean that that's an excuse for not doing anything. Right. Because I was just thinking, I was just smiling to myself as you were talking about that because there have been plenty of times in our married lives where we were not doing okay financially. And I know that we were finding some way, even if it was back in the day when you went to the Redbox machine and you got a little Caesar's pizza for $5, we were finding some way to make even our Friday or our Saturday night feel a little special and a little exciting. So... So when that wasn't a part of our story, we were finding ways to make it just fine, whether we had the money or not. Yeah. And we touched on this, but this is a big one. You just start to resent them, but you're not just resenting them. You're resenting them more and more and more. And it's continually becoming a problem to the point that you can't even really look at them without thinking a negative thought, or you can't talk to someone else about them without it being a negative thought. And if that's something that's constantly creeping in your mind, that's something that you need to face head on. Yeah, I love that one. That's a really good point. And you might not even be saying it necessarily out loud, but like if the person, if your significant other is coming up in conversation and like you do a mental eye roll even, like that's a that's a pretty big sign that something's happening. And the number one for us was just when you're feeling distant or you feel like you've lost that spark you once had. And then like we've talked about, for you specifically, you, you, you almost feel justified in the fact that you're feeling distant. Well, yeah, I'm distant because he's not helping me do anything and I'm busy with doing this, that, or the other, or, you know, I'm, I'm distant for fill in the blank. But when you're justifying distancing yourself from your partner and distancing yourself from someone who you started a relationship with, and I'm sure a very positive note with this spark that we're talking about, that's a big issue. Because that is the number one way for it to to know that's the, your barometer for knowing that there's something that you're struggling with in your relationship that you need to face. And maybe you're listening to this and you're like, yes, some of this is definitely striking a chord. And maybe you're listening to this like, uh, yeah, I kind of get what you guys are saying. But like, I mean, we're basically fine, but we could use like a little bit of brush up on, you know, reconnecting. And especially after a year like 2020, where things have been just a little bit more stressful. And I think that that translated into most people's relationships as well, because there's just a higher stress level and that plays into all of this. So either way, we want to encourage you guys that if this is something that you relate to, we want to just let you know that we are hosting a virtual couples communication boot camp that starts on January 5th. That's right. So in this boot camp, we break down just this idea of feeling disconnected of, you know, getting rid of that bickering of trying to reignite that spark that you have together as a couple. And I'm just going to be transparent. It's 27 bucks. It's going to be the best 27 bucks you ever spent. And that's a couple. So you don't even have to both spend 27. That's right. It'll be the best $27 you ever spent. It's, it's the price of your Starbucks for, you know, any given month. I mean, 
it's not it's not anything big, but we're ch- we're charging because we want you to show up. We want you to be serious. We want you to take on the challenge. And so we hope that you'll join us. You can head to couplesbootcamp.net and sign up today, but we definitely encourage you to do that. And just to end this, like Megan said, you might think that everything's just fine. But a relationship's not supposed to be fine. It's supposed to be amazing. Your partner's not just supposed to be your partner. They're supposed to be your life partner. They're supposed to be someone you share your life with. It's not supposed to be something that just goes on autopilot. It's supposed to be something that you're re-engaging with all the time. Your relationship is never meant to be something that you say I do on the day one and that's it. It takes constant iterations. It takes constant changes. It takes you constantly choosing each other. And I'm sorry, y'all. In order to do that, you're going to have to have some uncomfortable conversations like this. And when there are challenges, you're going to have to face them head on. We'd love to come beside you and do that with you. So make sure to check out our website, couplesbootcamp.net. And until next time, we'll see y'all. Hey, B, what did you think of that episode? I think it was pretty dang good. Well, what should someone do if they enjoyed these last 30 minutes? They should probably head over and leave us a review so we can reach more people. They definitely should. Guys, if you like the Fools in Love podcast, please go follow us over on Instagram at Fools in Love Podcast. We'd love to connect with you and learn more about what you'd like to hear.